Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Charles Sabansi from the Dreamers Pro Show, and we want to welcome you guys to the Dreamers Pro Podcast, where we cover everything from sports, hot topics, classic debates, entertainment, and where we give you guys a fresh perspective on things and how we see them. Now, let's get started with the first topic of today's show. Uh, I can't even believe we're, I can't even believe we're here, right? Because I thought this was a topic that we had already concluded upon. But if you guys remember about, let me say a month or so ago, Noah Lyles, American Sprint uh, track star, he went out there and won the 100 meters, I think, in the world champion, uh, world championships. And he went to the, he went to, he was talking in the press and he basically took it upon himself to basically take some shots at NBA players. Not shots. Um, there were comments that were, that could be perceived as shots, but he was really telling the truth. But he had some uh, comments that were targeted towards NBA players, which was essentially this. I'm going to paraphrase quickly. He was essentially saying that he can't stand when NBA players call themselves the world champions, right? Because they're not competing against other countries and he doesn't see any of these guys wearing flags on their chest or their backs or whatever it is whenever they whenever they win a championship, right? So he put out those comments and those comments sparked a lot of controversy to the point where it caused some current active NBA players to actually take to social media uh, and call him out on his comments. And in this case, they were actually commenting on the post that he put up. And some prominent names, some big names were comment, uh, commenting on what he had to say. For example, let me read with some of these things, some of the things that they had to say. KD said, somebody help this brother. UD40, big fan, but going with that BS, bruh. Sucker, you know what? Draymond Green always had to chime in. When being smart goes wrong. Kendrick Perkins jumped in. Put his brain in a bird and the bird will start flying backwards. PJ Tucker. Can't make this bleep up. Aaron Gordon. Whatever. I'm smoking buddy in a 200 meter. Austin Rivers. Simply put, best players in the world play in the league. So winning an NBA championship qualifies as world champs. I don't know what's more cringe. His comments or his voice and delivery. Another person. Tyler Hero. The NBA is the best league in the world. That's why... The champs are world champs. And De'Aaron Fox, he said, why bro care so much? I find it fun that he uses the uses the term, what hurts me the most. It's funny, not that serious, big dog. So that's what he had to say. So he said that and uh, it sparked this big 
conversation in media. We all covered it. You had people out there like Stephen A. Smith jumping out the window, basically calling his comments ignorant. Then the following day, he had to walk it back when somebody pulled out a map and started explaining geography to him. To us here, we actually thought that this was a very rudimentary uh, issue. We didn't think it was anything complicated. We didn't think we needed to organize a G20 summit to figure this thing out. We thought it was quite, quite simple. Uh, the NBA is a, is, is a league like their other leagues, and that league is hosted in the United States. Uh, it's comprised of international players, quite obviously. But uh, whenever the Los Angeles Lakers, to give you an example, win the championship, America does not win the championship. It's only the city of L.A. It's not New York. It's not it's not Texas. It's not Florida. It's not uh, Massachusetts. It's just L.A. Now, so. Whenever And then whenever you have uh, American players go and compete in a FIBA games, that's an international competition because you have country versus country. We thought that this was simple. And we weren't the only ones that thought that this was simple. As a matter of fact, it turns out that league MVP, defensive player of the year, an NBA champion, an NBA finals MVP, Giannis Antetokounmpo actually sided with Noah Lyles with some of his comments about it. So let me read some of the comments from SI.com that Giannis Antetokounmpo had to make about this. The article uh, starts off saying, American track and field champion Noah Lyles guarding the back uh, the backing of Milwaukee Bucks superstar Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis expressed his support for Noah's viewpoint, highlighting that the NBA champion should refrain from labeling themselves as world champions. I wanted to back him up so bad, you know, Giannis uh, said. He received so much backlash for saying, like, the obvious. Continues on. You know what hurts me the most is what Noah Lau said uh, is when I have to watch the NBA finals and they have world champion on their head. World champion of what? The United States, don't get me wrong, I love the US at times, but that ain't the world, Lau's uh, said. Then Giannis took his, his point a step further. The, the article says Giannis's argument. Giannis, though, sided with Lau's saying it's only the NBA that calls itself champions, world champions. Other leagues, such as UEFA Champions League, simply call their winners champions. I don't think any other sports. Sport, you you are called the world champions, you know, like in soccer, which is way bigger than the NBA, more popular than the NBA. When the Champions League, the UEFA Champions League, you know, champions, Giannis uh, said, and then he pretty much, uh, those are pretty much his comments. So what happened? This morning, uh, I was doing research and I came across an article via fadeawayworld.net and they were essentially highlighting some comments that Damian Lillard, who's been in the news because he's been trying to get moved from, from Portland, you know, the whole issue with him going to Miami, and then he only listed one team that he wants to go to, gave the team no flexibility, and then he's, he finds himself in a quandary there. So anyway, you had Damian Lillard, and he was on a podcast, right? Let me just see if I can quickly uh, verify the name of the podcast that he went on. I think it was a podcast that was affiliated with No Jumper. At least I've seen some people on there. The name of the podcast is back on fig back on fig that's the name of the podcast so they're up there it's a pretty long show and they're talking about a bunch of things if you go watch you see all the different timestamps, and they're talking about various things so anyway uh it gets to a point where i believe the host asked uh, reads a question maybe from the audience uh, about this very issue here which is what is damian lillard's take on noah Lau saying this right now remember damian lillard is coming in on the backhand of all of this because all those other uh, other NBA players have commented. Giannis Antetokounmpo commented. So now Damian Lillard is, is chiming in. So what we want to do is want to quickly play what Damian Lillard had to say about this conversation. And then we're going to come back and, um, you know, give you guys our thoughts on what he had to say. Take a listen to that there. Are the NBA champs world champs? Oh. 
Oh, that's said? a good one. Are the NBA champions world champions? Because you know Man, you the NBA it. champs is world champs. I've been seeing everybody because they lost in the World Cup. Everybody like, oh, see, we told you. But like the best players in the world play in the NBA. All the best players in that tournament play in the NBA. If you take the best team in the NBA and just send them on a tour to play in the best leagues everywhere else, they getting smoked. For sure getting smoked. Take the best players from the NBA and put them in every league and against all the best teams, whatever, they're getting smoked. Bro, they just had, what, Dennis Schroeder win MVP or some crazy Oh, shit. yeah. I mean, that's all I'm saying. All I'm saying is this. I'm like, hell no. All of those players, <laughs> if you take those players off of their countries, yeah. they play in the NBA. They come to it, too. They come to the NBA from these countries, so that's, to me, that makes the NBA world champions. If y'all best players come play in this league, like I don't understand what the debate is. Like that to me, that's look at when they had the best players on Team USA. Go look at the the dream team, and obviously players from overseas, Mike like Green. European players, is way better. Right now, look at the sure. redeem team. But the scores is crazy. Like when they actually put the team together with the best players and really just locked in. It was like, going crazy. I feel like it'd be the same thing, honestly. And even if they. Even if another country did win it, I still feel like if you win in the NBA, world champions. Like, this is the best league in the world. The best players from every country come play in this league. So, so you heard what Damian Lillard had to say. Here's what I think. I think that Damian Lillard's logic is not... I can understand where he's coming from. Because he's looking at it from this standpoint. Wait a minute. In the United States, or at least in the NBA, it has teams that are comprised of some of the best NBA players in the world. Some NBA players that go and compete in these world games, or some of these players that go compete in these world games are actually players that play in the NBA. So he said, now imagine if we put together an amalgamation of some of our best players and go out there and play, we would destroy. And that is true to a certain extent. Here's the other side of it though. There were NBA players that play in the European league that were doing fantastically well. I'll give you an example, Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic was unstoppable in the EuroLeague, and he came into the NBA and did the same. The, there's another thing that I want to point out and maybe something that Damian Lillard is missing. From every account that I've come across, I have heard that the international game is harder because the regulations are totally different, to be quite honest with you. And some NBA players struggle adapting to the Euro game. Not that they can't adapt, but initially they struggle. So if you were to take some of the best players in the world, let's talk about the A-plus a guys, there may be a learning curve for those guys. But if you take those guys, although they're NBA players, but they're coming from Europe and these other places, you bring them into the NBA, they've already been conditioned uh, in those leagues. So the NBA game becomes kind of easy. That's why you see right now in the NBA is being dominated by foreign players. I would say four, four out of the five player, best players in the NBA are all foreign. Four out of the five. You can pick them. You have Nikola Jokic. You have Giannis Antetokounmpo. You th I will sprinkle in Stephen Curry in that top five. Some people say it's KD. 
Good. So you have Stephen Curry. Um, you're going to put KD above Joel Embiid. And then, of course, you have Luka Doncic. You can make an argument. They're four of the best players in the world out of five of foreign players. And you can make an even stronger argument that the three best players playing in the NBA today are all international players. So to go back to Damian Lillard's point, it's it's going to be tough to sell that given the fact that we just sent an NBA team or a team full of American players that play in the NBA to the World Games and they lost. They didn't even medal. He also brought up the point, you see how we were killing when we sent our best team with the Redeem team. Yes, the Redeem team did, did very well and they went undefeated. However, uh, in that championship game, it wasn't a walk in the park. And if it wasn't for some clutch play by Kobe Bryant, Dwayne Wade, and these guys, they don't win that tournament. If you look at the 2021 championship, they only won that champion, excuse me, the Olympics. They only won that Olympics, I believe, by two or four or five points or something like that. You can't call that a beatdown or we beat them up. But I do understand his point about if you just airdropped all of the NBA players in the NBA to those leagues, would they dominate? I believe he has a very good argument that they could if they played there for some time. However, that's not how it works. And ultimately, it still doesn't change the fact that the NBA is a national competition. Although it may be comprised of some of the best players in the world, it's still a national competition. And if you want to view it that way, then you have to remove some of those players that came from Europe when you're talking about the NBA. You can't have Giannis, you can't have Nicole Jokic, you can't have Joel Embiid, you can't have uh, uh, Jamal Murray and so many other players. But I understand this point. Now, if you're enjoying this show, be sure to follow us on Facebook at Dreamers Pro Official, Instagram at Dreamers Pro, and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show. Now, let's continue to the next segment. There's a very, very, very big game that's slated to take place tomorrow um, on Saturday, obviously, between Colorado and Oregon, right? Very big game. And as a matter of fact, before producing this show, we put up this poll a few hours ago. I would say about two hours ago. We put up a poll where we essentially asked our audience going into tomorrow's game, who do you have winning? I think since we last since I last checked about two to three thousand people have voted and Colorado has a slight uh, margin going into that game. But anyway, that's just that's just one aspect of this. But looking at this thing from a larger perspective, I was doing some research this morning, kind of reading up on this news to just kind of get myself ready for it. Because, I mean, here I am, Charles here, Dreamers Pro here. We're covering college football. Who would have thunk? We're here covering college football. If any of you guys uh, that have been following this channel, you know that we are predominantly an NBA channel at the core of it. So for us to be talking about college football, it shows you the reach uh, that Deion Sanders is having and is actually going to give some some credibility to the art to the article that we want to get into today. So this morning I was doing some research and I came across an article uh, from one of my favorite websites uh, called um, what is it? Uh, <laughs> front office sports, right? A front office sports uh, article. And they had a very, very, very interesting piece uh, that I want to that I want to read here. It starts off with the headline. Deion Sanders reshaping college football fan base with Buffalo's surge. The article then continues on. Deion Sanders' transformation of the Colorado Buffaloes is a talk of the sports world. But there's more, but there's one more, uh, one, one story angle gaining more attention, namely Coach Prime's impact on black TV audiences. Many black sports fans who casually watch college football 
are all in on his 3-0 buffs. Sanders has turned Colorado into Black America's team, writes Clinton Yates of Anscape. The stats back him up over the first three weeks of the season. Black viewers made up 25% of the audience for ESPN's telecast of Colorado's wild 43-35 win uh, over Colorado State in week three, tweeted Flora Kelly. ESPN vice president of research. That's up from 19% from the Windows average last season. Also, 31% of the audience was female versus 29% uh, for last season. And only 14, 14% of the viewers came from the Pacific time zone versus 24% last year. That indicates the buffs are a national draw like Notre Dame or the Dallas Cowboys. Fox Sports televised Colorado's first two games this season. Both rated dramatically higher in black TV households, tweeted Mike, Fox president of Insights and Analytics. He wrote that Colorado's season opening win over TCU rated 70% higher in black households. Their week two win over Nebraska rated 79% higher. Despite a 10 p.m. ET kickoff, Saturday's Colorado versus CSU grudge match was the most watched college football game of the season so far, averaging 9.3 million viewers. That made it ESPN's most watched late primetime game ever and its fifth best uh, on record. While wearing his signature <laughs> blender sunglasses on the sideline, Sanders Buffs played in three of the five most watched games this season, according to Sports Media Watch. Meanwhile, Boulder, Colorado has become Hollywood West, attracting black celebrities and personalities such as The Rock, uh, ESPN, Stephen A. Smith, Shannon Sharp, and rappers Lil Wayne and the members of the rap group Wu-Tang Clan. And Axios Russell's uh, Contreras wrote, not since the Los Angeles Raiders in the 1980s or Michigan's men's basketball team, the Fab Five in the 1990s, has a team captivated black America and hip-hop culture like the Buffs. Uh, like the buff have so far. So you heard what the article had to say there, right? Now, I find a lot of the information in this article, this is going to be a long show, I find a lot of the information in this article to be very interesting, and I'll tell you why. As I said before at the onset, I'm someone that's never followed followed college college football. So for us to be sitting here following college football, it tells you something. Secondly, we read all of our comments, and we've been noticing that on these Deion Sanders, Jason Willock kind of topics, we've been noticing more women commenting. And that that never happens, really. We have our audience is 93% male. You, I mean, it's all men, really. Uh, even the numbers say so. But I was even surprised. I was going through some of the comments and I was saying to myself, there are women watching. This is very surprising because whenever we do NBA content, you seldom see women commenting on NBA content. But in it, it, with, with this particular story, you see women that are now following the sport, which brings an interesting insight into what Deion Sanders is really doing. And I'll tell you something. Um, I believe that uh, this effect is real, right? I believe it's real. And I think that it's something that happens across the board. It doesn't have to be a black thing. I think that Generally, people want to see people like themselves that come from the same place that they do. Generally, you want to see them do better. 
I mean, unless you're like a Jason Whitlock or something who has like a total <laughs> total issue with that. But generally, that's the way it is, right? And it can go all the way down to tribes and all. That's just how it, it's human. It's a human thing. It's not a black thing. That's how it is in general, right? So I don't think that's anything, you know, I don't think that's anything bad there. Another thing why I think this is true, I'll give you guys a quick example. I'm a Formula One fan, a huge one now. Number of years ago, I used to kind of follow it very passively, right? Very passively. And then my man, Lewis Hamilton, you know, yes, I'm not hiding it. Lewis, Lewis Hamilton is my guy. He's my guy. Now, Lewis Hamilton is the only black driver in that sport that is dominated at the level that he's dominated. So a part of me wants to see him, wants to see him do good. Like it really does. But I don't think, oh, it's just a black thing. They have Italian drivers. I'm sure Italians watch and want the Italian drivers to do good. Uh, they may have uh, British drivers. They, they have, they're British people that want them to do good. So I don't think it's like, oh my God, yeah. I don't have anything against the other players, but I want to, uh, drivers, but I want to see this guy do good. So I can understand it. We're seeing it here, but I don't think it's the only thing. I think this happens across the board. The most interesting aspect of all of this is the fact that there's so many women watching, which I think is very, uh, very, very interesting. I think maybe someone may need to do a case study as to why that's the case but it hasn't been all excitement and fanfare and oh my god we're so happy and ba -ba 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 -ba, let's dance it up let's twerk it up no because as i said before colorado's going into this game here tomorrow versus oregon and according to various reports that i've been reading it seems like they are heavy underdogs and i want to quickly read uh from an article here that i'm getting here from usa uh today it says early lines have colorado as a tw as a massive Three touchdown underdog underdog at Oregon. It continues on for the first time uh, since their season opener against former formerly ranked TCU. The Colorado Buffs are the underdogs in what will undoubtedly be the biggest challenge of Deion Sanders' debut. His 19th ranked Buffs are 21 point underdogs on the road against number 10 Oregon at BetMMG. At BetMGM, like Colorado, Oregon is three and zero on the season and led by Heisman hopeful at quarterback. Box uh, Bo Nix plus 2,020 odds aren't far behind uh, Shador Sanders at plus 1,800. However, Colorado will have to slow Nix without its other best player, cornerback and wide receiver, Travis Hunter, who is expected to miss three weeks with an injury he suffered in their thriller win over Colorado uh, State. So some of the, you know, the, 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 the betting experts, they have these guys as underdogs. So what I decided to do was, because again, as I said, NFL is not my, I mean, football is not my thing. So I lean on the experts in moments like this. And uh, I wanted to get a sense of what some of the pros, what the, what the professionals, guys that have been following this, following football for a very long time, uh, think about uh, what is it, Colorado's chances going into today's game. So I was watching a bit of Undisputed today. And uh, I came across a segment covering just this very thing, talking about their chances going into the weekend. And on the panel, you had Keyshawn Johnson, you had Michael Irvin, you had Skip Bayless, and they were giving their take on what they think Colorado's chances are going into this game and ultimately, ultimately, be, ultimately becoming victorious. So what we want to do is want to play what the gentleman had to say here, and then we want to come back and give you guys our closing thoughts. Take a listen to that there. Coach Prime's Colorado Buffaloes are a 21-point underdog oh, tomorrow at Oregon for a game that will kick off at 12.30 Oregon time at Austin Stadium. I repeat, 21-point dog, just the way they were in their opener at TCU when they put college football on notice with a 45-42 stunner. Keyshawn. 
What shot do you give Shadur and company of pulling off yet another monumental road upset? Okay, so how do I say this? I give them a shot, a good shot. But it's going to be hard. Can I, can I do that? Can yeah. I give them a good shot and it's going to be hard at the same time because you're going on the road to a team that we assume is pretty good. But here's what I'm going to say about the opponents that Colorado played. I would argue with anybody or have a conversation with anybody that the opponents that Colorado played versus what Oregon has played is better. Right, uh, okay. I would argue that. Right, right, right. So right. when we get fooled by Portland State, 81, whatever it was, they hung on right, them. Right, right. Yeah. We go, oh, God. Averaging 58 points a game. And then know. a dog fight against Texas Tech. And Lubbock is tough to play in. You know that, right? It's a tough play. But it's Texas Tech for crying Agreed. out loud. Agreed. Right? So then yes. you look at that. And then you look at Hawaii that Oregon played. Mm -hmm. They hung 50-plus 50, 50 on them. That's tough, too. You know, Dion is a funny dude. And, and, and we, we've talked a lot about Dion. And when I was with Dion before that TCU game, he said, man, they got us. Underdogs by 21. They did it again. By 21. It, it, Whenever Dion sees the number 21, <laughs> no, he it's... thinks great things are happening. Bingo. I'm trying to tell y'all yeah. how this dude thinks. We were riding around here in L.A. We went to dinner somewhere. We were at your restaurant, Key. That's right. This is a while back. We were at your restaurant. Everywhere he saw 21, he would always point out, 21, I mean, we'll have a good day. 21. So I started doing the same thing with 88. 88, we'll have a good day. 88, you know. But, but... This kind of stuff goes in his head. He'll see this as God giving me a sign <laughs> that we're going to beat Oregon. I'm telling y'all right now, God giving him a sign that we're going to beat Oregon. I promise you, he's going to believe that. Let me tell you what I think, though, this game is going to be here. This is the time. Even when we talked about when you showed the highlights, you heard what he said. The coach's son just threw a touchdown. So up to this moment, Shador has been the coach's son. That, that's his dad. His dad is Deion Sanders. Now, 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 if he can pull this off, that's what it's going to take. It's going to take Shadur Sanders playing out of his mind Agreed. to win these next two games. Or, or to, win son, to win Saturday. To win on. To play out of his mind. I, I'm going to go completely out on the limb. I know Keyshawn was trying to make the case that you're pulling for Dion. But your, your head is telling you it's just too hard to win up there. I'm here to tell you, I think history will repeat because they are 21-point dogs. 21 I think it dogs. is a sign it's from a above. Sign. It's a sign. I'm I think they're going to go in there and do exactly what they did to TCU, which is win 45-42. to 42. Will they miss Travis Hunter? Absolutely they will. More on defense than on offense. He is, to me, the best cornerback in college football. His his claim to fame as he goes forward into pro football will be more cornerback than receiver, though he will contribute heavily at receiver. But my point is, they are going to get scored upon, but they are going to do a bunch of scoring because those weapons are legitimate. Shadur is, this is just me, I'm seeing slightly better than Caleb already. Just as a pure pocket passer, we, can, we need more body of work. I need to see more reps. These are big reps, and they will be big reps against your team. 
they are also capable of outscoring your team because your defense is always suspect. But I watched carefully Oregon at Texas Tech, and Oregon had a very difficult time at Texas Tech. I have watched carefully these weapons that Shadur has. Dylan Edwards is a true freshman. He is a game breaker. He is a game yeah, he wrecker. Is. So you heard what they had to say, right? I think Skip Bayless believes that they have a chance and they could win. Um, um, what is it? Um, I think Michael Irvin thinks it's going to be a tall task. And I think Keyshawn is looking at it from the standpoint, well, who's Oregon being thus far, right? And look at the teams that, that Colorado's being. So I think he's giving them a chance as well. But I think Skip is most likely going to think that they're going to win. Funny enough, there was a hilarious bit that took place on ESPN early this week with Chris Mad Dog Russo talking about splitting gummy bears in half. And he said putting 10 dimes or something. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming he saw about 100 racks, $100,000 on the game. That was hilarious. He's betting on them before he wasn't a believer. Now he's a believer now. So we have to wait and see. But whatever the case will be, whatever the case will be, this is going to be a ratings bonanza. People are going to be tuning in. I just want to quickly reference an article that I read from Front Office Sports that was written about a day or two ago. Let me just give you guys some of the numbers. Listen to this. Despite finishing after 2 a.m. Eastern, Week 3's Rocky Mountain Showdown against winless Colorado State's team still delivered 9.1, I mean, 9.3 million viewers on ESPN, making it the network's most watched late primetime college football game ever. Before that, Colorado, Nebraska brought in 8.73 million viewers on Fox in Week 2, and Sanders' Colorado coaching debut against TCU was Fox most watched big noon Saturday week one game ever with 7.26 million viewers. Guys, let me tell you. Let me just give you guys a quick relation. Shannon Sharp just made his debut on Undisputed. I mean, on ESPN First Take, right? Was, uh, uh, was uh, With um, Stephen A. Smith. They peaked at, I think, one show had 714,000 viewers. Those were mega numbers. These guys are bringing in millions of people to watch and you better believe there are going to be millions of people watching this game tomorrow it's going to be people that are rooting for it it's going to be new people like myself trying to figure out what the hell is going on and of course we're going to have the haters they're going to tune in hoping that this guy will fail whatever happens i think is going to be a spectacle and to me again um i haven't seen anything like this in recent history when we're talking about sports Deion sanders and these guys, Coach Prime, however you want to call it, and these boys are dominating sports. And if they win and continue to win, these guys are going to shatter the record books. They're already doing it with the viewership, the numbers, and all of that. But if they continue to win, which most people don't believe that they will, this is going to be one of the greatest sports stories ever. Now, if you're enjoying this show, be sure to follow us on Facebook at Dreamers Pro Official, Instagram at Dreamers Pro, and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show. Now, let's continue to the next segment. As you guys know, there's a very big game slated to take place tomorrow uh, between the Colorado, uh, Colorado Buffaloes and Oregon, right? We even put up a poll on our channel asking people to vote who they think is going to be who's going to win. If you guys haven't voted, go to our channel, the community section and cast your vote less. Uh, so we'll, we'll get a sense of what people think out there. But anyway, this Deion Sanders story has captivated the world, it seems like, or at least the sports world, is taking over everything. And everybody and their grandmama is talking about it. When you see people like us 
that is a basketball channel talking about it, you know that this thing is serious. So with Deion Sanders dominating the headlines, his team winning and all of that stuff, it's brought the haters out in full force. And one of the biggest haters, if not the biggest hater of Deion Sanders, his sons, and the Colorado Buffaloes is none other than Jason Whitlock. Jason Whitlock, for whatever reason, has made it his personal agenda to ensure that whenever he talks about Deion Sanders and these guys, he always says something negative. We have produced show after show after show. He has said one incoherent thing after the other, after the other, after the other. We have broken this thing down to the T. But Jason Whitlock does a very good job at keeping a straight face and spewing rubbish all over the screen. This way he he can do it a straight. In fact, he can even get angry while doing it, which is which is a, which is a skill, right? Which is a skill. This man has talked about Deion Sanders as a man, comparing him to a female TikToker. He's questioned of the question in his masculinity. He's questioned his dressing choices. He's questioned his religious foundation. And just when you thought it was over with yesterday, he took it a step further and now said, and now started going after his kids to the point where he's now talking about his junior talking about, do you see what he posts on social media? Why is he wearing jewelry and X and Y and Z to the point where I had to say, uh, Jason, uh, hate to break it to you. Some black folks like jewelry. I don't know why this is so shocking to you considering you're black. Why is this news to you? Shouldn't you know this? I mean, shouldn't you know this? Apparently, Jason Whitlock doesn't know it. So, what happened? Today, I was skimming through the internet, and funny enough, yesterday when we produced that show, I said to myself, I said, I'm tired. I literally said it. I said, I don't care if this video does exceptionally well. I said, I'm tired of talking to this, talking about this. I'm tired of talking about this. I, I literally said that. But then what happened? As we were preparing content today, doing our research, kind of prepping up, gearing up for what we're going to do, I came across uh, a show that was being teased from Jason Whitlock's channel. Now, because I've seen some of his videos, they're going to re recommend it to me on my homepage. And usually when a show is about to pre premiere or go live, uh, if they put it up there like they set it at a time that it's supposed to debut, you can see. Uh, it can tell you like waiting. Ten people waiting, five people waiting, etc. So I flash across my YouTube homepage and I look at the homepage and what do I see? I see uh, Jason Whitlock smiling uh, in a thumbnail. I see Deion Sanders. I see former president Barack Obama. And the thumbnail says, Deion Sanders replaces Barack Obama as America's idol, latest false god. And I said to myself, I got to talk about it. I got to talk about it because this dude, Duke, is forcing my hands right now. So I got to touch on it. Jason Whitlock is making it his, his personal crusade now to tear down Deion Sanders. But before I even get into that, let me tell you what's taking place subconsciously with even his thumbnail and the title. In the thumbnail, you have Barack Obama, you have Deion Sanders. Let me ask you guys a question, honestly. What does former president Barack Obama, who was governing a country 
have to do with Deion Sanders, who is the football head football coach of a college football team? What's the what, what what's the connection? Okay, they're black. What's the connection here? In this image, you can tell that Jason Whitlock is trying to do two things. Number one, he's trying to inject politics into this. Otherwise, why would you correlate Deion Sanders to a former president? Why would you relate to two people? Is Deion Sanders talking about any foreign policy here? No, help me figure it out. Is he talking about interest rates? Is he talking about national security? Is he talking about spending budgets? Is he holding meetings with governors? Is he holding meetings with mayors? Is he attending the G20 summit? What? Why would you compare Deion Sanders to a president of the United States? The reason he's doing this is because Jason Whitlock and people like him are obsessed with politics and sports. They are obsessed with it. They cannot help themselves. And the irony in all of this is that these are the people that complain about politics and sports. They're the very same ones doing it. If you want to blend politics and sports, my brother, blend it all you want. Just own up to the fact that that's what you're doing. This is quite obvious, except to an idiot. It's quite obvious what he's doing. That's the first thing. The second thing is this. At the very end, he writes, latest false god. Why would you relate Barack Obama and Deion Sanders to a God that people are worshiping? Do you say that because maybe they have support? Because if that's the case, was Barack Obama the only presidential candidate to receive support from people? Is this the road we want to go down? Do we want to go into idolatry and worship of people in politics? Is this the road we want to go down? Is this the road we want to go down when somebody snaps their finger, people will jump up and start doing crazy things? Is this the road we want to go down? What is what is Jason Whitlock's issue with blacks? It's like something is weird. Now, I'll tell you why he's doing this. Let me break it. Let me break let me let me break it down to people in the back. Let me tell you what's really going on here. People that are talking negatively about Deion Sanders negatively, but are still getting a lot of coverage, still getting a lot of views, still getting a lot of press, need to close their mouths. They need to close their mouths. Do you know why? If I begin to count the tens of millions, dare I say hundreds of millions of dollars, it could probably go into the hundreds, of millions of dollars that are being generated off of Deion Sanders' name, you would be floored by the by the amount of money Deion Sanders and his team is generating in the system. Let me break it down for you. One of the other shows we produced, they said the game three that they played with the in-state rivalry, the in-state rivalry game garnered or brought in 9.3 million viewers, the most viewed college football game, I believe, in NBA, uh, in ESPN history, if I'm not mistaken. Do you know how much money of advertising was sold against those, those views? What do you think it would be? Do you think it'd be $100,000? Do you think it'd be $500,000? Do 
Do you think it'll be a million dollars? Do you think it'll be $5 million? Do you think it'll be $10 million? Do you think it'd be about $20 million? I would say it'd be upwards of 20 to $30 million or more. That's just ESPN. Now look at the other networks covering that game. They were covering that game simultaneously. I'm going to break it down for you guys. Think about the revenue that was generated in just the viewership on television. We move to the next level. Think about the revenue that was generated in print, meaning in, in, in written print and articles. All the people going to different websites to read about this story. You're talking about hundreds and hundreds of millions of hits going to various pages, which is generating a lot of money. Now move it over to YouTube. How much money? Let me ask you guys. How much money do you think this Deion Sanders story is generated in one week? In one week. I can almost guarantee you it is generated well over $20 million or 15 to $20 million in just a week. If you look at all of the people that are talking about it and gaining views, and some of those people making all of this damn money are people like Jason Whitlock. Don't get it confused. Jason Whitlock is doing this for money. And if he has to sucker his audience to make them believe that he really believes what he's saying and he's going to get paid to do it, he's going to do it. It's called grifting, folks. When you get to the point when you're comparing Deion Sanders to Barack Obama and false gods, you know you have absolutely nothing to say. But what he, what he does understand is that this is a gravy train and he wants to keep riding it. He wants to keep riding it. Is this, cha is this channel, is this story successful for our channel? Yes, it is. But I only want to talk about it if I actually have something to say. If you notice the shows that we produce, we provide multiple sources of information. We provide articles. We provide audio. We try to make it something substantive. We're not reaching for angels and demons and uh, Barack Obama and this guy and that. That's what Jason Whitlock is doing. So for somebody that seems to be so annoyed with Deion Sanders, you sure have no problem making money off of his name. You sure have no problem making hundreds. There, I don't know, maybe millions, but at least hundreds and hundreds and hundreds upon hundreds of thousands of dollars off of this guy's name. And what I figured out is that Jason Whitlock will not stop. It will not stop. Some people may say this is tantamount to uh, Skip Bayless and LeBron James. Because you better believe LeBron James generated a lot of ratings for Skip Bayless. As a matter of fact, when you think of Skip Bayless, you think of LeBron in media. He's his number one nemesis. And you better believe it's made him a lot of money. You think, wait, you think Skip Bayless talks about LeBron just because he doesn't like LeBron and that's it? You think Skip Bayless doesn't know that that brings in a lot of ratings for his show? Obviously, he knows that. But in the case of Deion, in the case of this guy here, it's just embarrassing at this point. And let me tell you something. If they lose tomorrow, I can almost assure you he's going to say, oh, it was God that probably didn't want him to win. Some Something like that. Something along those lines. He's going to talk about Deion Sanders, whether if he wins or whether if he loses, he's going to talk about him anyway. 
But what I have now come to realize is that Jason Whitlock is a grifter. 100%. I don't follow liberal uh, 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 political figures. I don't follow conservative public uh, uh, figures. But just looking at this guy, I don't, it's not like I'm sitting here like, oh, I'm pumping up Roland Martin. No, 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 no. I don't get into politics, I told you. But after sitting down and looking at this guy here, I'm beginning to know that this guy is just doing it for clicks and views. He's not serious. He's not serious. And the real morons in all of this are his audience that he's fooling. Because you guys are the ones that are lining his pockets. He don't mean a damn word he's saying. But he's going to say anything as long as you people watch. That's what I've realized about Jason. This guy's not serious. To have a title and a thumbnail calling it American Idols. American Idols. Referring to a former president. Of a country, fine, whatever. You don't respect your president or you respect... That's that's here and there. I don't really care. But anyway, referring to both of these guys as American idols. And then the latest false god. Because people are worshiping him. Because Jason Whitlock... I mean, Jason Whitlock doesn't support anybody, right? In sports or in media. Yeah, right. Thank you for listening to today's show. And don't forget to let us know what you think about today's show on iTunes or any of your favorite podcasting platforms.